So every brand is like a person, like we should view brands as like a person and every brand has a voice, like a person has a voice. So when I interact with a brand and I'm like, oh, these people are so fun and so witty. And then suddenly I get to their email service and it's cold and stiff. I'm suddenly thrown off. Like, it's like you're speaking to a person and they're, schmo- they're, they're chatting with you and talking to you. And all of a sudden they just like give you the cold shoulder. You're like, mm. like what just happened? So the same thing with a brand. If a brand is very um, suave and sophisticated, all of a sudden they're sloppy. You're just like thrown off, like what just happened? Like, I thought- wanna cause no problems. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, but you know when you see imposters. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk, but around here, make sure you walk and your talk is constant. Well, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Death of Vanilla podcast. And this is where we just talk with all different kinds of people, uh, creators uh, to CMOs and, and marketing directors, and just really hear about what they're doing that's different uh, that they're doing with their marketing to stand out. And we live in a world where there's, you know, it, the last time I checked, 700, 720,000 hours of video content being uploaded to YouTube. Um, you know, just the amount of content that's being produced in the world is absurd. And so uh, the noise level, the one has to break through. Uh, to get noticed has never been more challenging. So I have uh, someone on today that has broken through the noise, at least for me and for many others, um, with her uh, clever copywriting. So Naomi, welcome to the show. Thanks for being on today. Thanks for having me, Stephen. I'm so happy to be here. Well, I'm happy to have you. So uh, just a little context. So we ended up connecting on LinkedIn, which is something that more recently I've been uh, trying to make headway on. And uh, so, yeah, I was really just reaching out to just anyone. But then once we started connecting and I got to see your content, it was like, wow, this girl's really onto something is really, really cool. And so um, I'm excited to have you share some of your thoughts um, on copywriting and content. What's up? I said, I have so many thoughts to share so much. Perfect. Perfect. Wow. I love that. We'll We'll have a loaded episode then. Um, so cool. So I think, um, something that you had mentioned just before we jumped on, which I think is super important and something I'd like to start with, um, is the mindset part, right? Because I I know at the end of the day that lots of people have lots of qualifications and probably all of the reason to be showing up on these social media channels and being and sharing and educating and encouraging people. Um, but you mentioned to me that mindset was like a big hurdle that really changed the dynamic of how you show up. And I'm sure changed the content that you ended up creating and the results of that content. So I'd love for you to kick things off talking a little bit about where your mindset was and um, what ended up happening that changed it and how that's really affected your business. Absolutely, actually fine. So let me take you back um, about two years ago when I was you know, starting my copywriting career. and. I knew that LinkedIn was the platform for copywriters. Like it was like, if you want to get leads, this is the platform to go to. This is where you need to start posting content. And I was terrified. When I say like terrified, like I literally, I couldn't even like think about posting. Like I was, I was a lurker. I was lurking all day long, scrolling and lurking. And then I started commenting. Like that was like, you know, commenting. But I, could just, I was like, I'm not going to post. I'm never going to post. I'm just going to get business without posting. Like that's going to be my life. And then a year later, I, just, I felt so stuck in my business. So I decided to get coached. Amazing. And my coach and I, we really worked, one of the first things we worked on was like this LinkedIn, like I knew it was the next step for me in my business, but I just was, I felt so blocked and I felt like there's nothing for me to say. Everybody's saying the same thing. Everybody, everybody knows what they're talking about. Like, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I, I'm not an industry expert. Like, 
I don't want to go up and I don't want to show up. And we were just talking it through and she really helped me um, reframe and work on the mindset. So I was like, oh, this is going to be so stupid. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm going to get really good into my mindset. So I got really good about my mindset. I'm like, I, I really like set my energy before I came on LinkedIn. I was like, okay, beliefs in place. I'm calm. I have clean energy. I'm not needy. I don't need likes. I know my worth. And then I started posting and I don't even know how, like, I really like, sometimes I'm just like, like, I don't know how it's happened, but like it blew up. I'm sure it has to do with me coming with clean, clean energy, which sounds woo woo, but I'll talk about it in a second. Coming on with clean energy. And it just like, I didn't understand, but like suddenly my posts were getting liked and people were connecting with me. And then I turned on my creator account and people started following me. I think in the last two months I got like 2,500 followers, like, which I was like shocked about. Like I had no idea what was going on. But I just kept showing up and kept showing up, kept showing up. And what what is this? Like, what did I do? Like, what is the mindset? The mindset is just um, our brain loves to go to the lowest place and just say like, our brain, our brain, our brains have negative bias. And we love just taking us to the lowest place and say like, you're not good. You're not good at it. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. And we can choose to believe that just as much as we can choose to believe I am good. I do know what I'm talking about. My people are out there. My people want to hear from me. Like. Um, you messaged me today, Stephen, and you said to me, like, how you enjoy my content. And that just reinforced me, like, people out there are waiting for me to show up and speak and say and share and just be myself on the platform. And um, coming on LinkedIn with that belief, like, my people are waiting to hear from me. My customers are looking for me. They just don't know that I'm even there. They don't know that I exist. And I'm showing up for them. Like, I'm in service when I show up. I'm not here for me. I'm not here to get likes. Obviously we love dopamine and we love the, the, the rush we get when we get all these notifications, but like, I'm not here for that. I'm here because it's a service. I'm showing up for my people. I have things to say, believing that you have what to share. Even if everybody has said it over and over and over and over again, like you have what to say in your way. Nobody can say it like you and it's valuable. And um, on my LinkedIn, like I talk so much about like value, value, value. Everyone's like, oh, you need to give value. And I'm like, hello, value is so subjective. Like, how do you know what is valuable to a person you don't? You just have to believe that you have what to say, what to share, what to give. And the people who value that and appreciate that will see you and show up and come to you and be attracted to you and be there. And, and um, it, it really changed the way I, I show up. I show up and continue to show up. Like I, I come to my post. It doesn't mean that every day I feel, I, I don't feel like I have a stream of content. I don't feel like I know what I'm doing all the time, but I know that I come to my computer and I say, I give myself permission to fail and I'm just here for my people. Like I'm here for my people. I'm here to share and educate and make people smile. Like that's really my, my thing is like, I want people to smile when they read what I write. I want them to feel joy. That's my take on it. <laughs> no, that's awesome. So if you had to be like brutally honest, not that you weren't just now, that was very transparent. I felt um, like, the the things that you're talking about that you were not talking about before haven't necessarily changed so much as much as like interjecting your personality into it. I think I just feel uninhibited because I'm not okay. conscious of what people are thinking about me. I'm conscious of how I can serve my invisible client who is looking for me and who knows that I exist, but he just doesn't know who I am yet. Like I'm, I, I definitely believe there's like a part of um, brand building, like, you know, showing up in a way that is authentic to yourself, but at the same time, your higher self, like 
people can come on and be authentic and share information that isn't relevant consistently and I don't agree with that I think people should show up to serve and help and entertain and educate um but I just came on like just karma I I just believed that my people would enjoy what I had to say and I think it just it just subconsciously came through my writing like I just wrote and it came from within and like it was coming from a place where it was, it was like clean it wasn't like graspy or in control like I wasn't like I need people to like this I need I need likes it was just like this is what I have to say and I have to share and even if I wouldn't have gotten all the likes like I'm still okay with it. I still work on being okay when my posts tank. I'm okay with it because right. it's a long journey and it's like, you know, you've got to be consistent and invest and yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that I know I tend to develop courage from competency, right? And and I, what I don't think you're saying is that people who aren't competent should pretend as though that they are. But because um, you, you had skills, right? You had skills that you had already um you weren't like pretending right yeah i I didn't believe in my skills like then when when i solidified my self-belief then i was i had the confidence you know even if i wasn't the most skilled i was like i have what to share right okay so you ended up deciding that you had like something inside of you that you wanted to say and you just embraced that you were going to do that no matter what on some level right it was also strategic, right? It was for my business. So I knew like this was how I was going to move myself into a public sphere where more people could learn about what I do and where I could have more exposure. So it was a strategic move. It wasn't like, Oh, I have so much spare time on my hands. You know, I was like, this is, this is going to be like, I'm going to view this as a business investment. Like I'm going to spend the time, take the time. Coaching is the time putting it into my business and then being able to, you know, grow my business through that. Right. So for the other copywriters or just creators out there in general, like, would you like, how would you, because what, what I don't want people to do is people have no idea what they're doing, pretending like they do. Right. But then also you knew what you're doing, but you didn't think you did, which kind of is like the same place in a way. It's just one person can deliver for a client and one can't. So how does one go about determining if they do have the stuff that they need? Is it something like you did where you just like put it out in the market and discovered that it did actually resonate as much as you had hoped? Or is it something where like the coach was actually the person who validated your skill set, and that's actually what you'd recommend for someone hesitant to put themselves out there? Well, that's a good question and I feel like it's two pieces. Um, I are trained, I have my own client base and I knew I needed to go to the next level and to do so it was um, coming out on LinkedIn. I went to my coach and she didn't validate my skill set, but she helped me get myself in place so that I, I knew what my worth was and what, my, what I brought and what I helped and what I did and just get clarity on that. And then the second part is, is that Everybody has what to say, no matter what industry they're in, no matter what, like everybody has what to say. Um, so people who, 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 you know, you said like they need to be confident before they can come on and say like, I, I don't fully agree with that. I think anyone can come on and show what they have to say. People build personal br- personal brands and they don't need to be fixed and perfect. Like they just need to be, you know, like I'm creating something like follow my journey. I'm trying to build this, like I'm going to do it online and you're going to see my mistakes and my failures and you're going to see my success. I don't think people have to feel competent to show up on LinkedIn or anywhere. I think people have to 
you know, be in a direct, like be in an industry that they want to do something in. Like for example, you do videos. So someone who wants to do videos and they're starting out on videos so they can share what they're learning or, or ask for resources or just post about what they believe is going to be good and get feedback. Like it's a place where people can learn and grow and interact. It's amazing. It's an amazing platform. Um, but I don't think people have to be competent. Like, because what is competence? Like somebody two years behind me just feels incompetent. And some people two years behind them also feels incompetent. And I feel incompetent from someone two years ahead of me. That's why you just have to be okay with where you are right now. Like you are successful right now. You're, you're in a business, you're, you're doing something, you're creative, you're a creator. You are successful right now. You're not gonna become successful at a different place if your brain doesn't say right now I'm successful. Like nothing's gonna change between then and now. It has to change in your, in your mindset. Right. Well, at the end of the day, the market on some level is going to kind of determine the pecking order, right? Like if, if someone, you know, who's typically hiring, you know, absurdly great copywriters isn't hiring you, then, you know, kind of on that level that you haven't made it there just yet. And that's okay. As much as there's gigs, you're probably turning down where you're like, ah, this is like, like, you know, this doesn't pay well enough based on my skill set because people are hiring me for more than that. Um, and I think like, I know my journey when it came to like, when I was shooting weddings, it was like being in front of the right clients made such a big difference because there was some clients that would pay me exactly what I'd hoped I was worth, um, because they could. And then there was other people that wouldn't even pay half as much as that, but that was more of a reflection of like their financial ability than it was on my skill set. And I think that's also like a tricky mindset place to be is like, you just may be in front of the wrong clients. Because if they can afford you, then like you're, they're kind of in a way validating that you're not as worth as much as you are, but that's not actually true. That's just all they can pay, um, which isn't fair. So like, that's like, I feel like that's another layer that we have to work through as creatives too. Yeah. You have to just feel hundred percent confident in your value. Like what you, like you have a number of your value, but let's say it's a thousand dollars. Like that doesn't change no matter if you're dealing with someone who can afford it or cannot afford it or can definitely afford it. That's your value. And, and, as time goes on, you'll, you'll filter, you'll screen clients who, who don't appreciate your value because those aren't your clients because this is your value. So, and when you believe it so much, your clients will believe it. Like they reflect you when you believe in yourself, I'm worth a thousand dollars. And I see it with myself when I'm so like, when I believe that like I am worth what I charge, my clients say yes straight away. Like I say like my clients want to say yes, that's the mindset. My clients want to say yes. But when I'm like, you know, not fully in belief, then they say no because they can sense it. They can sense the energy. Oh yeah. It's like, it's like the eye contact test. It's like, if you can say the number and look them straight in the eye, then like, that's when you know that both you and they are going to believe that that's a real number. It's when you're like, ah, uh, like, I think maybe around like $600. That's when you know that like, you don't even believe it. And there's not a chance that they're going to, and like, good luck getting that. Yeah, that's so good. I never heard of that. Is, yeah, that is a good one. The eye contact test. <laughs> well, cool. Well, one of the things that I think is so interesting about what you're doing, right? Because like I follow a lot of content uh, or copywriters, excuse me, uh, on LinkedIn. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that I think you really excel in, um, in the way that you present your copywriting is in uh, these like, I, 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 at least on Instagram, they're called carousels. I don't know what they're called on LinkedIn. Also, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. I, I, it makes sense. It's the same concept. Um, but you create some really killer carousels on LinkedIn that I think are so freaking funny. And, uh, really it goes back to the value concept of like, what do you, what do you cite as value? 
and um your this is just my take right your your carousels are educational but the real value for me is is like i am going to learn something but like absolutely be entertained in doing so like there is no time that i've ever gone through them that i haven't laughed at least once and it makes the situation where like i actually anticipate the next one that you put out there because i know i'm just going to like enjoy it um Whereas some people, and it's just their style, like maybe what they present is like a little bit more sterile um, and just like not as exciting to engage with. It's factual, it's helpful. Um, But yeah, so what I'd love to kind of uh, deconstruct some of that. So what made you go down the image route to begin with? Because I don't feel like that's typical for copywriters that at least I follow on LinkedIn. Um, I felt like I had so much to say and like, I felt like my posts weren't doing it justice. Like I, I, I didn't feel like a long form piece of text was like doing it justice. So I played around with carousels and I played around with videos. And then eventually I decided carousels is gonna be like <laughs> my thing. I try and post two a week, two carousels a week. I don't always get to it. Um, first of all, they're fantastic for engagement because there's a very high dwell time. People who like click on it and read it. So LinkedIn recognizes that and it pushes out to more people and it gets more views. So that's an amazing reason to use carousels. And second of all, um, my favorite thing in the world ever is microcopy. Um, microcopy is a small, tiny text under like a piece of text. And then there's like a small, tiny, like whisper. And that is what I weave in to a lot of my carousels, which I think is like the fun factor. Um, I just like make little jokes and little culture references and little stuff. Um, and it just keeps people interested because it's not like something regular, like you don't just see like text, go, go, go. It's like text, but then like a little sub message and then text and then like a little sub message relating back to the first sub message or like a private joke that we have like all together, like me and my audience, we all have this private joke. Um, I really believe like now, like you said at the beginning of this episode, like everybody, the, the noise is so loud. There's so much chatter in the world. There's so much content. It's, it's crazy saturated. For sure. Do you have like, do you have like a, um, kind of like a number of images that you're shooting for, or is it just kind of like however long it takes to get the, the point across? Because you make a great point. Is it like strategically, it's a very smart move. Like the dwell time is no joke. Like really any social media platform, like the longer you spend on someone's content, the better it's going to rank. So clearly that's like a great move, but excuse me. But is that something you kind of like have like a minimum of 12 slides or is it just kind of like however long it takes? I have like a personal, um, I have a personal goal of making a carousel with a hundred slides. I want to see if I can get people to go through a hundred slides. I don't know if it will work, but like, it's like a one day I'm going to make a slide deck of a hundred slides, but I totally don't leave a number on it. Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's 12, sometimes it's 30. My longest so far has been, I think, 34 pages, which was very long. Um, but people enjoyed that. So I think just keeping it engaging and entertaining and natural is the key. Because I also see people who, I encourage everyone to do carousels because, like I said, it's such a great dwell time. But I see people doing it. And what I think is like a tiny bit um, off is that it's forced. Like, I want it to feel like it's your voice and feel like it's natural from you. So if it's not matching the way you speak the rest of the time, like, I can tell that straight away. Anyone can tell. I'm saying not me specifically, but like a person can tell yeah. when you're not matching up to your voice. Right. No, that makes sense. It's like, um, 
and I guess that is what's part of it is like, I guess your personality lends itself to being more entertaining, um, which is it, which is nice. I got to admit, um, I'm a little jealous. Uh, but yeah, it's like there was one that you made that like had all these like arrows pointing to like little micro content pieces that continued to like grow. And it was like this like joke and you didn't know where it was headed. And like it was just like kind of quirky and fun. And uh, it was just, you know, there wasn't like for several slides, there wasn't like any more educational value, but it was like still like the, it just like kind of built the joke, which I thought was like so much fun. And uh, I don't think that was the 30 page one, but I guess it could have been, I feel like it was more like 15 or, or 10. <coughs> but yeah. And so, so when it comes to like, I, I talk about this a little bit, like when it comes to like uniqueness, is that is that part of what you're trying to pursue there is is being able to have your uniqueness because like one of the the stats that i looked up at one point was like how valuable differentiation is and so like i looked up like a, a doctor and like the pay for a doctor and a, a, the pay for like a brain surgeon and i know this could not be more different um uh, but it's like it was like seven times the amount of money for the wow. brain surgeon for obvious reasons. But so for me, I feel like a lot of businesses leave a lot of money on the table because they refuse to differentiate. And so because of that, they don't specialize. And because of that, they don't get paid as much money. So like, is it your personality that you're, you're really using as a differentiator? Or what kind of other ways do you like really think about that to be able to like kind of like have your place in the market? Mm, such a good question and such a crazy stat about the differentiation. Um, I think it's made up of a few things. I think we could call it personal brand and personal brand is who you are, what you do and how you help. Like you are you and you're unique and there's no one like you. You do something unique that maybe other people do or don't do. There are other copywriters, there are other video, videographers. Um, how you do it, is it unique, is it different? And then it's like kind of a combination of the three things that is your personal brand. And it's, by the way, the future, like people who create a personal brand will differentiate from everybody else out there. So I really encourage anyone watching or listening um, to go ahead and just like get out there, whichever platform is good for you and just start building a personal brand. It's, it's not like a science and it's not um, difficult. It's just being yourself with what you know, with what you do and how you do it online and showing people that. Um, yeah, I hope, did that answer your question? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So like you're differentiating yourself through your personal brand is basically what I'm hearing. Like why would people choose between me and somebody else? Because of me. And that is the part of me, what I do and how I do and who I help, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, differentiating and niching down. Um, like I'm guilty of that as well. I'm guilty of not niching down, niching down all the way. And that's because like, I think people should get like the time to explore, like, what they want to do, how they want to do it, like not marry themselves to any niche. Um, but you can make so much more money when you niche down and you are very specific and you are known in your very specific niche as being like, that's an even more powerful personal brand. Well, and I think like, if I were to just like give an outside perspective, like I feel like your niche is going to be for like fun, quirky brands by nature of the content that you make. Like Absolutely. you're not going to get hired by like some, you know, boring tech company i mean not all tech companies are boring but let's just say it is boring like they're just like mining data right there's nothing quirky or fun about that 
Um, but you know, for a company that's like a little bit more fun, like maybe like a fashion brand or like, I don't know, just someone that's exciting, you'd be perfect. You've differentiated yourself by being yourself, which then niches you. It's yeah, that's exactly the brands I want to work with. Like if I wanted to work for technical boring brands, I would probably post about very technical boring stuff that is not interesting to most people, but to the brands that are interested in that, it's like, Oh, that's our person. You know, that's her. That's not my people. I, I want to work for authentic and real and fun and personality filled playful brands like that's 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 those are my clients my people right your vibe attracts your tribe (laughs) (laughs) um well i think that leads perfectly into the next point which i think is where we'll we'll end it today um which is um you talked you you know we you mentioned a little bit that you wanted to talk about um like touch points and consistency and stuff like that when it comes to brand building so let's let's see if we can find a place to dive into that um and so what what are you thinking about when it comes to like consistency is that like the voice that you were talking about before where like your voice has to match up with your content or how how do you kind of look into brand building yes so every brand is like a person like we should view brands as like a person and every brand has a voice, like a person has a voice. So when I interact with a brand and I'm like, oh, these people are so fun and so witty. And then suddenly I get to their email service and it's cold and stiff. I'm suddenly thrown off. Like, it's like you're speaking to a person and they're, schmo- they're, they're chatting with you and talking to you. And all of a sudden they just like give you the cold shoulder. And you're like, mm. like, what just happened? So the same thing with a brand. If a brand is very um, suave and sophisticated, and all of a sudden they're sloppy. You're just like thrown off. Like what just happened? Like, I thought you were very you know, sophisticated brand and some of you've got spelling mistakes and, and you're using slang and like, like, what's the deal? And besides for the voice, it's also like recognizing that every single business with maybe they know about it or maybe they don't, they have so many touch points, which is so many places where they meet their people. So many places, social media, SMS, email, even like when you're on the phone waiting to speak to a company, like that is a touch point. Like that is where someone is touching your brand, customer service. Um, product packaging, signage, all these places. And the more you can capitalize on those touch points and you reinforce your brand and you reinforce an emotional connection with your people because your brand is a person and people like people. So let's be friends because I want to be friends with you. But suddenly like I come and meet you somewhere and you're not my friend anymore. Like I don't feel as emotionally connected to you as I would if every single place I was meeting you, we were friends. Does that make sense? Yes. So that's my feelings and thoughts on consistency. And it's all in voice. Well, it's interesting because some of the places that you mentioned are places that businesses will often cut costs. Like, for example, um, a couple of years ago, I ended up traveling to uh, Florida and I had to rent a car, um, you know, thousands of miles away. And so I ended up calling the car company and like the person bless their heart was so bad at English that like they couldn't even read back the numbers that I said to them in a way that I could understand. And it was really frustrating because it's like, okay, I understand what you're doing. Um, and I understand you need to like cut costs and maybe outsource your labor and stuff like that. But like, I don't have a very favorable impression of your brand now right? Like whatever deals you were offering, whatever cool car you were going to give me, like the chances of me coming back and doing business with you again are probably zero. Um, And I don't know if companies think about that a lot. Like, like the person answering the phone call 
you know, even if, if it's not that situation, even if it's just like more like a receptionist or a personal assistant, like that matters a lot. Cause that's like, like you said, it's like another touch point on building the brand and, and how are they going to feel about your brand after that touch point? And I'll go above that and say, <coughs> I think even higher than that. And what they're doing is they're using the brand to create a company culture. So what happens? Mm -hmm. Their employees are crazy brand ambassadors and they just go around wherever they go to their friends, their family on LinkedIn, on, on social media, just like raving about their brand. And because that brand has invested in an employee culture and in a brand and in making sure that every single touch point, literally every person is so infused with, with what their brand is about, what their why is about, they're creating a way longer term, um, stronger picture of their brand across the entire world. I would agree. And, and if you had, if we had to wrap up with this last one question, like from a copywriting perspective, how do those, those worlds collide when it comes to the consistency and the copywriting and like company culture? So I feel like this moves away a little bit from copywriting and more to like brand strategy. I'm a brand okay. strategy and copywriter. So copywriter is more like, translating the brand into words into compelling words if you're a conversion copywriter you're you know optimizing and testing and validating that these words are going to change a passerby into a customer and this is moving away from that and kind of more like like brand strategist like who are you how do you show up what do you say what do you stand for what is your mission what is your vision who are your customers how how does that inform what you how does that inform your messaging and then once you've built a brand um, then that's something that you can instill within your employees. Like if you care deeply about sustainability and that is baked into your brand, then you pass that on to your employees. Like you only have paper cups or paper straws or you don't use uh, reusable. Everybody gets their own mug, whatever it is. Um, but like having that clarity in a brand is the way, is the way that you could do that. Because without that clarity, you just, you don't know what you stand for or who you are or how, are you consistent? Are you here? Are you there? Like, how do you show up here? How do you show up there? Um, so, so yes, I think it's moving away from copywriting and it's more like the brand strategy and kind of like creating and formulating this brand. And then that is what can be drip dropped all over the world. Right. Well, and I think in general, like even when it comes back to something like mission statements and, um, mottos and stuff like that, or, you know, what's on the wall, you know, in the office space, assuming that you're actually in an office space, you know what I mean? I feel like that's that's where like the words are a continuation of the conversation. Like like brands have like a language that they speak to their employees and to their um to their customers. And I think, you know, to your point about consistency, I think when those align is when it's the most powerful that like the the language that you use with your employees, if that ends up being the same as the language with um your your social media posts then you have a consistency lining up where your employees and your customers are having like the same experience, which is important. Cause like you mentioned, the employees are part of the brand ambassadors going out and spreading the word and what brand doesn't want their employees spreading good things about them. <laughs> For sure. But, but here's what the consistency does. It kind of creates this transparency because you're so consistent and so reliable. Like I feel that you're transparent and I feel like I get you like, if on social media you act the same as you do in a corporate office, I mean, obviously it's a little different, but like if that's the, the culture, then I feel like, okay, like I could trust this brand. Do you know what I mean? Whereas if it's like a total dissonance, 
I don't feel like I could trust you. I don't feel confident in you as a brand, as a company, you know, and nowadays transparency is like one of the buzzwords because people want brands that they can feel are sustainable and, and honest and reliable and keep their word. So huge, huge part of like the company culture. Right. Well, and I think that's only going to become more and more of a thing. Like if we have something like, um, you know, like the, the great resignation that we're talking, you know, everyone's talking about right now where everyone's leaving their work, that, that means that there will only be more options for, uh, the people that people can do business with. Uh, there's only going to be more copywriters and more video, uh, shooters and, more website builders and more SEO people like that isn't going to get any smaller because of the fact that people are living, leaving their businesses and starting their own. So I think it's just, it goes to prove that um, having that brand consistency um, and showing up and being unique is only going to become more valuable because businesses will continue to be more and more of a commodity as the number of options grows for customers. Well, thank you. Uh, I know we're kind of ending up on time here. Um, I want to respect your time that you've so generously given to us and I appreciate it. Um, so if you could, we'll, we'll include a link to your LinkedIn. Um, but uh, if there's anything that maybe you'd, um, let's, let's take it this way. What kind of people should be reaching out to you on LinkedIn? What people um, would you like to talk to? I'm happy to talk to anyone. I'm happy to support creators who are looking to learn and clients who are looking to understand what a brand could do for them or for their business or people who know they need a brand and they just need a brand strategist um happy to speak to anyone and share what i've learned and share what i know and follow me on linkedin and see see what i write about because i really write what i know i also have an email list if anybody wants to um get emails i just spark joy that's kind of my thing i like to spark joy in people's inbox um and so it's fun yeah. Nice. Awesome. We'll make sure to include links to those things um, in the description below or however else we need to share those depending on the platform. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Stephen. I wanna cause no problems. Mm. I just wanna live my life, but I keep on hearing about nonsense. Yeah. Me and my dons ain't mobsters, yeah. but you know when you see imposters. Yeah. We know how to read them faces, same way you know how to read them comments. If you wanna talk, let's talk. But right here, make sure you walk and you talk, it's constant.